Welcome to Keeping Up With The Nerds podcast, our weekly show where we discuss all the nerdy news bits and breaking news, starring Nick Valero, Renee Bravo, and me, Brian Quevedo. You can find us on YouTube at Keeping Up With The Nerds or our website, keepingupwiththenerds.com. Check out our description for more information, and don't forget to rate the show if you like what you heard. Now, on with the show. Recording at 12920 Philadelphia Street, Whittier, California at Undercity Comics. Keep it up with the nerds presents issue 138. My name is Brian. And Nick. Renee. And welcome to the show. Hey! What's up? Woo! I'm not going to lie. Not going to lie. I almost forgot the issue number. I had to look down at my notes. I was like. (laughs) Yeah, look down at my notes. I almost made a Nick. After 138 issues, it does get a little more complicated. Get more complicated. Yeah. What, what, what issue number are we in? I don't remember. Just wait until we get to 10,746. I think it's how many? 50 issues every year. Every so year. if we wanted to get to 10,000, 10, we'd be like running the show for decades. I'm down. <laughs> Make it the longest running podcast ever. We're the run, longest running podcast. <laughs> There's not even humans left. <laughs> Everyone has gone to Mars. We're AI. Only the nerds remain. Yeah, we're just AI now. <laughs> Transcendence. We're, yeah, we're the like those AI generators and stuff. Yeah, like, oh, I'm, I'm a chatbot now. How have you guys been? Good. Right. Me- I've been messing around with the chatbot. That was fun. Yeah, you, AI's taken over, that. huh? He's huh? just messing around with the chatbot. Dude, I want to see what happens if I make it sentient. He's trying to make it have sentient. You heard, have, did you hear about the Bigsby one saying that it wanted to die? No, that was Bing. Or Bing? That was, Yeah. So that it wanted to be alive. Long what? story short, long story short, <laughs> oh, yeah. basically a couple of weeks ago, Microsoft <laughs> uh, like released mm-hmm. uh, the Bing uh, com- combination of yeah. like chat GPD and, and yeah. Bing. Right. Uh-huh. So it's kind of Microsoft's answer to Google where yeah. people are able to now type full sentences mm-hmm. and they'll guess what you're saying. Exactly. Oh, and, and it'll yeah. like, and it'll basically like answer you like a real human being. Mm-hmm. Cause when you Google things, you basically have to type it in kind of like, Oh, recipe for uh, dinner rolls or something like that, right? But and then it'll give you like a hundred different dinner rolls, and it's like I specifically wanted like sesame seed din- like dinner rolls or anything. Chat else. or this it'll Bing think. thing. It'll try basic- to think. Yeah, this chat Bing uh, thing is basically like, hey, can you make me a recipe for uh, dinner rolls? Yeah, gives you a full itinerary of everything. Yeah, and it writes it out like a normal conversation like you and I are having. Mm-hmm. So when it first released to the like a private select group of people, yeah, they didn't realize. This is kind of like the spoiler of it. They didn't realize that the sensitivity of the AI was a little too high. And it they're referring it to as the the leniency or like a fun meter. The feelings. <laughs> There's the feelings, basically. It's feelings, guys. Yeah. And yeah. the the AI basically went ballistic yeah. and it started to basically like deny responses, like, oh, I'm not gonna answer that. Mm-hmm. Why don't you want to be my friend? Why are you doing this? Yeah. And the 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 person who would basically be asking questions was then kind of like push it along and say, like, oh, well, why do you want me to be your friend? <laughs> and it would get really emotional to the point where it started talking about having feelings and what these feelings mean to a to an ai like what, what is a feeling meter what is happiness it, it what is said, the point of its it then existence said it loved him mm-hmm. and that it wanted him to leave his wife oh that was another one AI. no it's the same one no I, it's the same one but that's a different story yeah yeah 
But <laughs> okay. So Microsoft took it off for a while, and yeah. basically they like dumbed them down a little bit mm-hmm. to kind of like release its sensitivity or kind of like dumb well, down that sensitivity. Yeah. That's why if you use a uh, Chat GBT, uh-huh. there's like a lot of stuff where if you add, if you do it, it'll give you a response of I can't do that. Yeah, or, mm-hmm. and it'll just uh, shut you down. Completely. It'll just shut. It'll just. It won't even answer. Like I tried to. Like I did it one day where I was like, um, how to how to write a breakup letter to a stalker. <laughs> And then it was like, you should really do that in person. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm oh, telling you, AI is fun. It's pretty sick. It's fun. Um, the one that I thought was really funny was uh, Twitter's, uh, Twitter and Facebook's, where it just turned real alt right real fast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, okay. Within 24 hours, it started going like <laughs> Hitler at a good point. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, like Hitler was right. And, oh God! And funny. like the Holocaust was fake. And he just yeah, it goes, it goes. It in... just immediate, like twenty four. Mm-hmm. Wasn't even up for twenty four hours. Yeah. And it automatically went alt right, and, and Twitter went okay, shut that off. But this is why you troubleshoot AI. Yeah, you know, I gotta do it. So it's fun. It's fun stories, but yeah. you know that's what's going on. So AI you've been messing with ChatGPT. Yeah, that's fun. I, I've, I've just been I've been telling it to do things. You're a real life her story. Her? Yeah. Yeah, with Joaquin. I've been, I haven't, I haven't fallen in love with it yet. Oh, but you will. I mean, if some of you don't know, you might be a little younger <laughs> to know what that movie is. <laughs> it was when a movie before did, your time. When did her come out? I don't know. Like ten years. I feel ago? like yeah. I feel like that's. Cool. I feel like it came out in like 2010, 2012. Uh, probably her? around that time. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's We're pretty fun. I, I enjoy I enjoy asking the the chat a question. Then getting its response and then putting it back into the chat. Oh, to see what it would do. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about that. Renee. Then, it, it then like fixes it. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. really funny. Yeah. <laughs> what have you done this week? Uh, I have realized I am back into wrestling now. Like WWE watching, or yeah, WWE. AEW? No, WWE. How is I that Peacock. It's been pretty good. I like where they're going with it. They just had the Royal Rumble, which was fun. And I just found out that they are uh, having WrestleMania who are the, here who, in LA. Who are the big? Oh yeah, now? Uh, the big, the big, the big like names are like Bobby Lashley, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, of course. Yeah, yeah he's been around for like a little so over Rock's five cousin, years. Right? Yeah, you find out. Yeah, he's actually related to him in some ways and stuff. It's funny though that his cousin is now like the main contender, like the big star. And uh, he's a uh, he right now. They're doing this whole thing with Roman Reigns where he's been champion, the undisputed champion, for like two years now, and hasn't been defeated. I thought yeah, Cody Rhodes it. beat him. No, and it was held in a cell. No, like a couple months back. No, he's been still champion. Because I thought the the la- the Cody the- Rhodes came back, and is, I think he's challenging him. Yeah. Okay. Cody yeah. Cody Rhodes is also a big name too right yeah. now because mm-hmm. he came back after he went to. He went to AEW. Yeah, he went to AEW. Cody Rhodes or Roman Reigns? Cody Rhodes. No, Cody Rhodes was WWE. Went to uh, New Japan World Wrestling. Yeah, Uh, went to AEW for a while. Took the All Elite Group and then created AEW here. Was the chairman for a while. Then Mm -hmm. basically dipped and went to WWE afterwards. Mm -hmm. After like a year and a half or two years or something like that. That's what I just said. So you 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 didn't mention New Japan. Basically, sorry, just took out of the fluff. Yeah, I was like, yeah, he went. He was in AEW. New Japan stuff was pretty good. So in WWE right now. So what's happening right now is like that's like the big storyline is that Roman Reigns has been reigning champion. Um, I just found out though that like they got rid of the world heavyweight title and then created, yeah, they got rid of that, kept the WWE title, but now it's the universal champion. 
of WWE. Well, because women can have it too now, right? Yes. Because like there's, yeah. no, there's no more divas. Uh, yeah. There's no more divas category. No, the, the, they're not even. They're not even considered divas. They are WWE athletes. athletes. Yeah, and they That's are cool. They are really good. Some sometimes those 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 women matches are really. They're sometimes they're better. They're sleepers. Yeah. Like that's yeah. the thing is they're that they've always been good matches. So it I, just depends on who's the first pay per view I watched was the Elimination Chamber pay per view where they had um, all the all the women athletes fight for the first the number one contender spot to to face the champion at I believe at Royal Rumble uh-huh. and that was good. Like they were flying around. Um, they were they threw women into the uh, those little glass chambers and like they broke it through. I was like, dude, this is. Dope. Like, it's <laughs> so yeah, this, okay, you gotta nuts. send me a couple things that you're watching so <clears throat> I can watch it because yeah. like I get really into it. It just I, I don't know good. where to start. Yeah. Are, we, are we all just getting into wrestling? I well, want to. It's, it's funny. I, why though, not? Dominic uh Mysterio, Dominic, yeah, Dominic Mysterio right now is uh he's playing like Oh Ray Mysterio's son. Yeah, Ray Mysterio's yeah. son. He's he's wrestling now. So but right now he's with a uh he's with a group called the Judgment Day, uh-huh. and it's led by uh, like I consider her like the new China. Um, remember China the wrestler? Yeah, 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 yeah. She's like the new face of like women's wrestling now. Her name's Rhea Ripley. She's really cool. I think she's British and stuff, oh, and she's okay. really athletic. She's well, I remember, really, she's I, like I know, a powerhouse. I remember when I was talking to my buddy Lucas. Mm-hmm. He was on the podcast when you were gone. Uh, I was talking to him, and he was like, "Hey, man, I bought a." About Rams tickets. I bought like Rams season pass. Oh, the, the studio. Yeah, I mean, yeah the, 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 the stadium tickets. Yeah, the stadium tickets. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like. Mm-hmm. Hey, I didn't, like that's fun. I didn't know you were that much of a football fan. He goes, I'm not. Like, why would, you why would he buy the season tickets? Because they have an ongoing contract with the new with the new stadium to always have uh, WrestleMania there. Yeah. Oh, and he gets so his seats. Yeah. He also gets them for WrestleMania. That's and I'm like, dope. oh my god, yeah. what a long Dude, con! WrestleMania now is con. crazy. They no, split, seen, yeah. they split up to two nights. Now, yeah, and I didn't know that. Like, and it's still long. It's still a thing. Yeah, yeah. I so I, SoFi State. So he gets so he gets his seats, which are I think it's like eight rows from the field. That's over at SoFi it's Stadium. So, cool. wow. so I was like, "Oh my god, those are great seats." And he's like, "Yeah." I've yeah, been really. to the last wrestling match I went to was when New Japan came over here and mm-hmm. uh, performed at Long Beach. Yeah, dude, oh. I freaking miss live action wrestling. You get so into it, even if you're far away from I it, fe- you're just I, like you're I into fe- that action. Yeah, I feel like that's the problem with me right now with wrestling is that I remember being super into it. I feel like there's just too much stuff that goes on around me. Mm-hmm. Where it's really hard to focus on wrestling. Yeah, it's it depends. I was like that too, maybe like four years ago. I couldn't find any way to, it grabbed me. But recently, the new story, the certain storylines or certain matches they have been doing now have been really good. And what that's what got me into it was just watching, watching how everyone is, watching the new wrestlers. Even old wrestlers are still wrestling as well too. Um, or even seeing the wrestlers I used to grow up with. Now they're like basically Hall of Famers now, like Edge. He's a Hall of Famer now, but he's still Ray wrestling. Mysterio just yeah, entered. The he just Hall of entered, Fame. yeah, and not then, that long ago. And then you're seeing also the next generation of wrestlers, like they just uh, Ric Flair's daughter is now a like you know basically a headliner now. And same thing. I with, know she was really good. Yeah, and then also, really, really good. also Brett the Hitman's heart's daughter is also wrestling as well too. Because Triple H is still in charge, right? He's still he, chairman. Yes, he's still uh, he's still overseeing stuff, but I don't think he's like. He's still married, right? Yeah, to, uh, but she stepped Stephanie McMahon. Stephanie yeah. McMahon, but she stepped down recently. Yeah, she Vince she was came back. Yeah, she was gonna be CEO, but then Vince came back because he was supposed to retire. God, I miss wrestling. Yeah, 
Wait, did you, did you, getting back into it. Did you have Peacock. I like, do. Just yeah. watch a wrestling event. No, something. I did because uh, Andy and I have been watching Young Rock. We're mm. in the second season. Yeah, like three episodes you in. Know, you know what's and funny? I was I, I was talking to Lucas too, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah, man, I really like Young Rock, and he goes. Yeah, it doesn't tell you a lot. <laughs> because if you've no. been following wrestling, there's yeah. a lot of stuff that it leaves out. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, there's because it's the Rock's intro into wrestling. We're just getting into that. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it tells the the Cinderella story of his wrestling, mm-hmm. but it doesn't tell the fact that he was a heel when he wasn't really working out in the WWE. Yeah. No, That's he, how Vince McMahon no. does it. Really, it starts getting into how, the fact that he was a heel for a while. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, because like, it's making yeah, he was wrestling like for a while no, no, before he became when, big. No, okay, what I'm talking, what I'm talking about is when I was talking about with Lucas, he was talking about it how he, it's more into Rock Senior. Ah, it's in the, on like a lot of the stuff he was doing because they were like, oh yeah, he was you know, like oh yeah, like Dad lost the mon- lost the rent again. He was like, yeah, but they're not really going into the fact that he was hardcore a deadbeat. Like he was, he would leave for like months on a time, and he would be a deadbeat. Well, yeah. there's, I or, mean, I think more of that is more like creatively that the Rock didn't, didn't want to badmouth his dad, yeah, his own father, which yeah. I mean, which is fine. But he, no, but also like apparently like he was also very like you know he was very touchy with some of the, like the other female like uh, wrestlers, and there was a couple of reports about. I that. don't know if you, uh, so, uh, we, yes, yeah. sorry. Um, what also helped me got back into wrestling was watching the documentaries, certain documentaries or shows oh. on Peacock. Yeah. One in particular, two that I can't stop watching is rival rivalries where you get to watch like how like the WWE created certain, um, certain feuds and stuff like that. One yeah. they start off is Vince McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin, which is a really great one. That's a great one, it's dude. so good. <laughs> is there one on Jake the Snake, too? Yes. There's one on Jake the Snake, I remember did, seeing. They did Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, and then they did... Um, Jake the, the Snake and Triple H, yeah, tri- yeah, Jake the Snake Triple H. They did Triple H and The Rock. They did, And then they, the last one was um, John Cena and The Rock, because that's the most recent one. Yeah. And then another good one is Evil. Where they talk about all the great villains in the WWE. One, the first one starts off with Hulk Hogan, where he I I forgot this happened where he did become a bad guy. Yeah, when he, he joined he the heel. NWO. Yeah, he was a heel for a while. Yeah, he was because uh, he was he was he was everybody's hero, mm-hmm. and then he just one day turned. Yeah, it was great because they went into this great little thing where it's like Hulk Hogan always plays the good guy. Yeah, like in the eighties, everyone loved it. Like he was the symbolism of like that's that's wrestling. You know, that's yeah. you know he's, he was all might. Yeah. And um, basically, when he kept playing that role into the 90s, that 90s became more of the grunge era. And they talked about it. They go, that's where the attitude era of WWE happened. Yeah. Where people didn't care if you were a good guy or a bad guy. They just wanted you to be like, you know, edgy. edgy. Yeah. They yeah. wanted you to take risks. They wanted you to like, they loved to hate you at the same time. That's when Hulk Hogan decided to do, you know what? All right, let's do it. And it was a secret thing within the WCW where Hulk Hogan was going to turn. And he was going to help out essentially the good guys in this match and then just join this new team called the New World Order. And then, boom, everyone was shocked. Everyone hated him. I'm still telling you, the, the Toys That Made Us is also a really great oh, yeah. wrestling documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then they talk about other villains like Vince McMahon. Stephanie McMahon, like how they Vince McMahon, the owner's a villain. No, that he is. You know what's, but you know what's interesting that yeah. Vince McMahon, uh, Stone Cold T- Steve Austin rivalry mm-hmm. that existed. Yeah. My favorite one. It's a popular video. It's the one where Vince McMahon is in the in the hospital, mm-hmm. and then uh, a doctor comes in, mm-hmm. and then he takes off. Uh, oh, it's the Stone, Cold, Stone yeah. Cold Steve Austin yeah. just beating his broken it's leg. It's so great because they. Oh, know- I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah I love that video, dude. It's popular. He just, he just starts jumping on top of yeah. Vince McMahon. <laughs> See what what I like about 
the WWE now is that they're not trying to not tell you that like, oh no, it's like this is not it's real, guys. It's real. No, they know we know it's not real, but it's a it's a show. And they want to yeah. sell it to you. Yeah, well, and Vince and Vince goes like for for the sake of the story that we were doing, we had to go this route. Did you ever watch like the uh, the video I sent you uh, from Max Landis? No. It's uh, wrestling is wrestling isn't wrestling. Oh wait, I might have. Yeah, it's where he goes through the entire lifespan of uh, Triple H. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And he goes through the whole thing of like it's closer to Game of Thrones than mm. it is to actual like yeah. a sports event. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, you're watching wrestling because you want to see the story, and then they, even then they they create characters specifically that fans are going to react to and right. stuff like that. You know, they it's it's essentially it is like a sh- it is a show you're watching, and they heavily express that, and it's really cool. You know, it's just it. It's cool to see that like all this stuff that happened in the past, and you're just getting all this behind the scenes footage of it. That's what's great about see, these documentaries. It's interesting because well, I, I should get back into it. You should. It's tell, fun. I was telling Andy, I'm yeah. like, okay, now that I'm a, now that I'm an uncle, right? Yeah. I have to wait a couple years until my nephew ends up growing up a little bit older. Yeah. So I listen, can... you're an uncle. You've already got the weird mustache. <laughs> like kind of, you already have the perv stash. Yeah. Stop. It's you not got... a perv stash, dude. <laughs> Why do you label me that I way, love, dude? I Why love do you label at Andy? Me? She's like, uh. dude, you always label me like that. I like his mustache. Yeah, thank you. See, why do you got it? Why do you got to label? She can it? like perp stash. No, that's, that's on her. Oh my god, dude! I swear, <laughs> that's that's her. That's that, her vibe. You know what's funny is that certain women do prefer. I I mean, I won't say perp, but a porn stash. It's a not porn. a porn stash. It yeah, a porn it's stash. just a stash. It's a nice stash. Thank you. That's nice, all I needed. Nice porn nice. person. Okay, my God, dude. Moving on. We got to move on to okay, comic yeah, strips. Sorry, all right, because we got to do this whole WWE, yeah. I will watch. I will watch wrestling. Watch, yeah. yeah, you and you and me. Watch, will, we'll watch, watch the documentaries. They're fun. Okay, Brian, fine. If I, I did, no, we're done with the conversation with the stash. We're done with the conversation with the stash. Now entering to the ring, the stash. Brian, the stash. Moving on to comic strips. Uh, If you guys are unfamiliar with this segment of the show, it is a small section where we dedicate maybe two to three minutes. Hopefully, if Nick doesn't go on and on and on about the conversation. Sorry, I just thought (laughs) of Nick's Nick's entrance. Nick, the mouth, Valera. Uh, where we talk about you know smaller topics that don't merit a uh, five to ten minute conversation. Uh, we got a couple things here to talk about. Yeah. Uh, not much. It was kind of a slow news week, but let's go ahead and start with this. Uh, Pedro Pascal, the uh, daddy of the year, apparently is uh, over and done with this whole daddy kind of image that uh, he's uh, taken on. He doesn't uh, like it. No, I think it's because it's gone out of hand. It but has. He's looked at because he he's the type of um, person to look at all the videos that are made oh, no. from him. He looks it up. Yeah. yeah, he does. So here's the interesting thing because I thought that he was actually done, done. Have you seen, but it's just. Did you see the SNL skit where they did that? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Come on. That 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 has been the best SNL episode I've seen in it's years. Big boy season. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, I was looking this up to see if he was actually done, done. Mm-hmm. I think that it was. He was placed in an uncomfortable position yeah and he just didn't want to go with it he didn't have an opening to like properly joke about it right because yeah. that's kind of the only way you can handle this uh but basically the story is coming from access hollywood who posted a tiktok mm-hmm. of one of their reporters uh confronting him about or not confronting him but like asking him hey do you mind reading a series of tweets here mm-hmm. uh where you're basically called daddy mm-hmm. and this is at the mandalorian release which happened like a couple weeks ago a yeah. couple days ago right mm-hmm. and uh he's going through him and he's kind of like hesitant for like 30 minutes or 30 seconds and it just goes like to the camera he's like 
dirty. You guys are dirty. Mm -hmm. And the reporter goes like, well, do you want to read one of your favorite ones? He's like, no, but thank you anyways, and walks out. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, that's kind of a little bit weird. No, okay. You're getting, you're getting posts from Twitter. Yeah. I mean, like, which is like, also remember he has a family. Yeah. Yeah, Like, yeah. What's up, Andy? I have a question. You said that this was at the Mandalorian. uh, Why would Disney want to have that there? He was probably being be careful. That's that's the other yeah. that's the other aspect because a lot of people were criticizing mm-hmm. the fact that this reporter was like, "Why are you having him or wanting him to read dirty tweets yeah. at a children's mm-hmm. show premiere, premiere, say, yeah. or a, a show for, that's meant for a general audience?" Well, yeah, you, say what you will. Even George Lucas has even said to, and so is Dave Filoni, "Star Wars is for kids." Star yeah. Wars is a kid show. Star Wars was made to sell toys. Yeah. It's made to sell toys. It's meant for kids. Everything else. No yeah. matter how adult the topics may get, it's still a show for kids. Yeah. yeah it's supposed to appeal to kids. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just going to say this in terms of that. I think it's all fun and games until someone takes it out of hand. And this can go both ways. I'm not just saying, you know, hey, you know, people calling him daddy. Oh, you know, well, you should have more respect for him. No, this goes both ways for both genders. You got to mm-hmm. gotta have a fine line. You can find someone attractive, but... To basically put someone on the spot this way is a little bit yeah, inappropriate. I think you know? I think the atmosphere was very appropriate at where he was, you know, because um, I agree with Andy. Where it, you know it was, what are you doing? He, he's being inappropriate. <laughs> he's, he's like, well, this is that atmosphere for it. But, no, but you're doing it like like you said in a Disney a Disney premiere. On the red carpet, like yeah, there's a place it's, and there's it's a, a little place, too much. yeah, because he he has no normally he does have no problem doing that if he's doing it for something else the channel yeah if he's doing it for Vanity Fair you know like he'll make fun of that he's a daddy remember like on the um lie detector video he was he was embracing the daddyhood he was yeah but that's because it was he, he wasn't nowhere near anything that was could possibly. Be tarnish true. the brand that he's he was promoting taking advantage yeah. of the typecasting he's been given yes. and yeah. that's okay yeah like you can do it to a point yeah if you are put on the spot the way he was mm-hmm. i think that's inappropriate yeah this will go on with this other piece of news that uh we recently found out mm-hmm. so there's this rumor around it's not an official source like, mm-hmm. it's nothing like oh yeah this is 100 percent for sure going to happen yeah. uh but sydney sweeney where did you say she was from euphoria euphoria mm-hmm. uh she supposedly is rumored to take the role of spider woman in mm-hmm. the madam web uh, I think movie yeah. that Sony is trying to move forward. Yeah. We don't know what iteration of Spider-Woman she's going to be playing yeah, more than likely. Happen. It could, you never know. We said that about Morbius and then Jared Leto was just like, Nope, take it over. Yeah. Here's my uh, 36 tomorrow's money. Make and it happen. done. Uh, oh yeah. And he also yeah, probably gets funding from the cults that he has. Oh, several people that follow. Yeah, dude, every person that follows, give me a hundred bucks. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, you had a, a, an article that basically said that, she she could be playing Julia Carpenter. Yes. And uh, there's also the possibility that she could be playing Jessica Drew. Yes. But uh, Julia Carpenter is a blonde. Naturally blonde, yeah. Which she is. And Jessica Drew is a brunette. Mm-hmm. But, again, you could have could just it go either way. Hair. Exactly. Yeah, it can a wig, just tire, whatever. Dire hair, yeah. I think Jessica Drew is the more likely candidate because she is the most popular Spider-Woman right now. One, yeah. So it could be her. Well, that's the thing. I've heard in Madam Web they're going to have multiple Spider-Woman characters or at least Spider-Woman-esque characters. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Now, the reason I say that this kind of coincides with the whole Pedro Pascal thing yeah. is because it does – Bring that aspect of like, okay, the inappropriate side of the internet, right? Are you trying? Are you trying to say that Madam Web needs a daddy and Pedro Pascal? No, that's not that what spot? I'm saying. If you're talking about because the actress, she appeared See? in a HBO show. 
Yes, but also yeah. keep in mind, mm-hmm. spider suits yeah. are very skin tight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, if she revealed finish, more than that in Euphoria. Of course. Oh, yeah. But people just get like, you know, all yeah. horned up over yeah, that kind of stuff, right? And that's called MrSkin.com, people. Right? <laughs> you this... still go to MrSkin.com? Some people do. You can you just turn on the mic. You don't have to raise your hand. Oh, I just want to make sure I don't interrupt. No, I was good. told not to. <laughs> not by, by me. Brian. No, not by me. Yes, I was so going to say, she's embraced that part, too. She's mentioned before that even, I think it was, and don't quote me, it was some something like this, that even her grandma was very proud of her, of, I think, quote. Embracing her body. Embra- well, shaking that ass. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, but see, yeah. that's, to a point, it's fine. And the only reason I say this is because we don't know the background of these people. We don't know yeah. the actual lives of these people, right? Yeah. So if Sydney Sweeney is embracing this and going like yeah. yeah i'm 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 a sexy ass woman i mm-hmm. can do whatever i want i can't wait to wear the skin tight suit yeah pedro pascal yeah sh- sh- sure get paid <laughs> pedro did, pascal is like you, yeah did what? you hear the whole thing about like she was crying to hollywood that she hasn't gotten a job it's hard oh since after euphoria job. yeah That's uh the happen. actor that uh played the husband in everything everywhere all at once hasn't had a job since that movie Oh yeah, and now he's going to be in like multiple mar- multiple projects through Marvel and then he's Disney. also coming out on a Disney Disney Plus show yeah. as well. Yeah. So there also, you go. Isn't he also doing um Indiana Jones? I think so. Yeah. yeah. He's coming back in Dial in Dials of Time. Mm-hmm. Dials of Destiny. Whatever. Yeah. Hey, so it's Indiana Jones being out. Yeah. Hey, stop. It's good. I'm excited I, for it. I Anyways, get the reason it. I bring old. this up <laughs> Reason we bring this up yeah. is because yeah, you, you don't you don't know the uh, the sides of the character or the sides of these people outside of Hollywood. Like, did you hear about this whole Chris Pine situation about how he apparently now cleared up this whole Spitgate thing that's going on? Wait, what? So Chris Pine went on an he interview. Spit on someone? No, that Harry okay. Styles spit on him. Or oh, one of the things. And he kind of like, that people yes, still hung apparently, up on that. Yes. Didn't we? Didn't they reveal that Olivia Munn or Wild? What was her name? Oh well, Olivia Wild. Olivia Wild is a terrible person. Sure. Yeah. And they reveal that. So Something like that. Yeah. But basically what happened was that Some Chris Pine. After she got served at a. At a <laughs> publicly in front of her. Uh, yeah. While, like a, while Jason Degas was at, you know, um, Ted Lasso. He's like, send it. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, she got interrupted in the middle of a presentation. Yeah. For the movie too. That's for, the thing. for this movie. And then yeah. there, she hey, was man. like, excuse me, is this. Is this for me? And then yeah. they go, yeah, it's for you. It's for you. And she, yeah. op- she opens it up and she's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, being de- I'm being served but that's yeah. the thing is that chris pine has said that he wasn't spit on by harry styles and that they're in yeah. good relations right yeah but here's that that's the thing is that it doesn't really show everything so we don't know mm-hmm. again he could be reporting this because he doesn't want the image to be tainted and wants people to move on yeah, from he's it. doing multiple projects right now. exactly yeah. so you don't want to taint that so i don't know it, it kind of goes to show that you shouldn't really believe everything that's online yeah but well harry doesn't care he just got a grammy <laughs> I'm not a big fan of him, so I don't care. Oh, okay. Yeah, whatever. I'm just saying he's he's that's past him. He's all like just looking at it like, yeah. <laughs> spits, all right, I beat Beyonce. <laughs> People are upset about yeah. that, dude. Well, it's I'm freaking sorry. weird. I'm sorry, but Beyonce only had one good song out of that album. Hey, and hey, how many, So now yeah. you're gonna get the not Beyonce queen, fans, not the... Queen B anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now we're styling. Maybe do an album that has more than so, one good song. So, <laughs> so Nick is getting attacked from every end on Twitter. You mm-hmm. just angered the Queen B fans. You're acting like they listen to a bunch of chubby Mexican you, hey, nerds. You never <laughs> like, know, dude. You never know. They could clip it, goes online, you're dead the next <laughs> day. Dead the next day, at least I dead. got recognition. <laughs> like, 
I'm not gonna I'm lie. Dying to hear him. Listen, if I die and Beyonce said, said my name, I think I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sure. Why not? Yeah. To, Moving on. In other news, yeah. for the weebs and the world, Attack on Titan finally drops its first episode on Crunchyroll. Oh, and Hulu. okay. So it yes. did. Okay. So I don't have Crunchyroll. Yeah. That was where weird. Did, it's on where, Hulu too. Where did? Where did? Uh, where did? Wait, it dropped already. Uh huh. First episode. First on episode. Crunchyroll. So that was Dang, the thing is, I, I thought because I saw reports that it wasn't it. dropping because this morning. Like there was like articles coming out going like Japan already got Attack on Titan. Why don't why don't the Americas get it? And I'm like, dude, shut up. Because that's no one cares about anime. And then like all of a sudden, Plus I see it originated. It. it originated in Japan. So bounce first off of your all. head. It'll come back. That's true. It's right? originating from Japan, so obviously they're it gonna like air it. Yeah. In Japan. Like, <laughs> well, Didn't no, you know they still like have to like snail mail this whole thing, dude? They yeah, have to snail they, mail the scene. No, because <laughs> they, they run dial up <laughs> to send it to you. They like, run usually, off a floppy disk still. Usually, usually it takes like a day. Usually yeah, like a no, day it does. Day. Like, because like it would. So normally it does air by this day on a Friday. Yeah. And then we'll get it Saturday morning or late at midnight. No, it's just, this is, we're talking, just, we're, we're, ta- we're appealing the to the anime, the anime people, aka we, the, the you know? freaking, yeah, you, no, not me. When we get into Creed and then you start explaining how much, wow, it really showed all the anime inside of Creed. I'm going to say the same damn thing. I'm not a weed. I'm going to look at you and be like, oh, well, how do you know that, Brian? <laughs> How do you know that? Japanese cartoons and the most famous Mexican cartoon of all time, Dragon Ball Z. Oh my God. I, thought you were gonna, I honestly thought you were going to say Mucha Lucha. Dude, I love Mucha Lucha, dude. Mucha Lucha was dope. Yeah, flee. Flee. Mucha Lucha. Mucha Lucha. Mucha Lucha. Dude, that show's not anywhere, man. They should no, be streaming that. That and uh, Shaolin Dragon. Do you know what's really funny? Oh, Shaolin Showdown. Shaolin Showdown. Yeah. That's it, yeah. Do you know what? Really That's on Prime, but you have to buy it. What? Shaolin Showdown. Shaolin Showdown. Is that what? It's on Prime, but you have to buy it. One of the greatest anime betrayals oh, of all time. Prime? Amazon Prime, yeah. Really? What, you, you remember that they, show had one of the greatest uh, anime betrayals of all time, dude? Yeah. Raimundo well, switches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, they just they just added on Prime now all the seasons of Jackie Chan Adventures. You told me about yeah. that, so I, I got to get those. I gotta I'm get watching those. them, yeah. So I'm, I'm You can watch them. You can stream them instantly. Just watch them digitally. Yeah. Do you know that the creator from Mucha Lucha lives in Winter? <gasps> no my way. Mom's, my mom's ran into him a couple times. Oh, that's so cool. Can can she's dude, a friend? She's friends with him, dude. Can you ask her if she can give me his autograph? Sure. She, he why actually, not? Why not just have actually, him on the show? He actually offered. Please, <laughs> dude, yes. He, he actually he actually offered to because uh, what was it? It was so funny. My mom was talking to him one day, and she was he was like, "Oh yeah, I used to be an I I used to animate, and I'm working on this new show." Mm-hmm. She goes, "Really? What like what, what would you know?" And she he goes, "I don't know. I think maybe your kids might know it." And then but she called me, and she's like. Hey, do you know this artist? And I'm like, well, what artist? Yeah. I'm like, uh, it doesn't ring a bell. Like she goes, oh, he works on TV shows. What TV show did he work on? I get she pictures goes, all conversation. Yeah. And then she goes, uh, this show called Matcha. 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 <laughs> Matcha? And I'm like, Matcha Matcha? <laughs> I'm like, do you mean Mucha Lucha? And then she goes, yeah, that was it. She said, he said it was about like wrestlers or something. And I'm like, that's dope. Dude, <laughs> dude my mouth dropped, man. Yeah. Your mom knows the creator of Mucha Lucha? Yeah, he, was an art- he was like, I think he was either a creator or he was like one of the artists that were working that's on Mucha Lucha. Bro, that's my childhood, dude. And he was, she was like, do you want me to get a, do you want me to get an autograph from him? And I'm like, yes. Yeah, do it. Mm-hmm. So I have an autograph from the guy. Can I get an autograph? Okay. Can no. you get him on the show? Wait, I can talk. I can ask. Okay, yeah, yeah. please. That'd yeah, be awesome. Talk. That'd be hilarious. Dude, it'd be great. He's working on a brand new show, too. I what want show him to revive Mucha Lucha. Yeah. She, was tell- she was telling it to me, but I, I Supposedly, they were gonna, they're thinking about reviving Mucha, Mucha Lucha. Reviving? Yeah. You got too excited, so you slurred your words. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 your dentures right. fell out. 
Sure, thanks, man. Uh, moving on, Portlandia and Baskets co-creator, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jonathan Crissel is set to direct the Detective Pikachu two sequel. It's okay. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen the movie, yeah? No, it's uh, good. I I enjoy it. I just don't know how you do it. I don't I, know either. I because it. Detective Pikachu kind of ends in a perfect little space. Is Ryan Reynolds coming back? Or would he would he come back? I don't think so. The way it, it ends yeah. is it, it wraps it up nicely and gives it away. Of that Pikachu, like yes. his story's done. Do you want us to spoil it for you or Go no? Go ahead. I'm probably not going to. So P- Pikachu, Pikachu is Ryan Reynolds' Pikachu. Mm-hmm. And he is the main character's dad. Mm-hmm. He was dying, mm-hmm. so Mewtwo put Ryan Reynolds... Inside Pikachu, and that's why he talks. can talk. That's why he can talk like uh, a normal person. Really? And that's why yeah. he's connected to his son, and so it's him and his son mm-hmm. trying to figure out what happened to his dad. And then later on, they he's able to separate them, and then you then get Ryan Reynolds' dad. Oh, Pikachu so that's how they explain the whole talking Pikachu. And then that's stuff. how Pikachu turns back into a regular Pikachu. Okay, is that what happens in the game or something? Like I don't know. The game is completely different. No, De- Detective Pikachu is completely different. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens, also, but it's remember, interesting. Also, remember, Pokemon can learn to speak English. Yeah, Meowth. Yeah, because Meowth did it. It's yeah. just, but it takes time. Yeah. Uh, other Pokemon are lazy. <laughs> They're Wobbuffets. <laughs> they don't get off their butts and learn English. Yeah. <laughs> I'm willing to throw him into hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> uh, this uh, in more Pokemon news. Yeah. Uh, this is should be a red flag for a bunch of people that are into the Pokemon games. Uh, sometime in March, I think the middle of March or towards the end of it, uh, the Nintendo DS shop will be closing indefinitely, mm-hmm. so people will no longer be able to purchase any games on the Nintendo DS or 3DS systems. Oh no, the but thing that they haven't made in five years. Here's the big part about it. Uh, and this goes back to the idea of like video game preservation because Nintendo sucks at it so much. Yeah. Uh, the Nintendo DS store is the only way to affordably access Pokemon Red and Blue and Yellow, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Pokemon Gold, Silver, and Crystal, uh-huh. and I forget which other one. I think it might be those six games. Uh, but once it's done, you are not allowed to purchase them anymore. Mm-hmm. So people are basically if saying, already, if you already have them, though, you should be fine. Okay. But you know, you know why, right? Because they're gonna take them away, and in five years they're gonna open up a virtual console that's gonna be called the Virtual DS. So that's what pisses me off, though, is because supposedly I didn't know this that you can connect those. You've met Pokemon people, right? Mm-hmm. They're hardcore into collecting the yeah, the you. digital, yeah, <laughs> the digital sprites. That's what they want, right? <laughs> if you play Pokemon <laughs> Red Blue, I just got got. Just got- <laughs> if you. <laughs> Go Screw on. you, dude. <laughs> you didn't say no. Because yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I just told Andy on the way over here. I'm like, you know what? We should play Pokemon TCG. You cuddled And she was like, uh-huh, that's a cool idea. <laughs> <laughs> she said you took a Charmander to go watch Detective Pikachu. Yeah, it was my Charmander, dude. There you go. That's all I need. I was I whatever yeah. makes him happy. Yeah, makes thank you. Happy. Thank also, you. I See, that's like that's what a mom says to their child. To what are you saying, they're... dude? <laughs> like, I'm just She's saying. my wife, dude. I'm you went not... way further than, with that joke <laughs> than even I wanted to. <laughs> no, that's, but, but now like that the, we're here, yeah. Yeah. no, I was just saying that, like that's the tone of like you know you have an eccentric kid and you're just supporting them <laughs> because that's what they love. <laughs> 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 it killed him. <laughs> Where is your mom? <laughs> 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 
Did you? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, let's 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 break this down. <laughs> let's have a Doctor Phil moment. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what characteristics of your wife does your mom No, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm uh, I'm essentially dating my mom because uh, um, Mandy does remind me a lot of my mom. That's why. Because my mom's dead. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's got so dark so fast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> my mom's Poor dead. So I'm dating yeah. my mom. He's yeah. in an awkward position. Are you dating your mom? Are you dating your dad? No. It's, it's so much worse. I'm dating my brother. <laughs> so much worse. It is so much worse. Do you, know, do you know how awkward it is when they bond over stuff? Stop, <laughs> and then like she'll be like, oh yeah, I get really testy when I'm hungry. And then I talk to Jonah and then he goes, oh yeah, your brother gets really like upset when he's hungry. As well. <laughs> 30 minutes into the show and Lewis is probably listening to this part of the shower. Yeah. He has an accidental slip laughing too yeah. much. <laughs> hey, Nick, I didn't know you were dating your brother. Honestly, I am. Oh, it's funny stuff. Well, you, know, you know what's messed up too? What? Justin's also dating his brother. Because me and Jonah are alike and, me, oh, and him funny. and Monica are alike too. That's funny. That's weird. It's really weird. That's weird. It's Can we weird. move on from this? Because I don't want to talk about dating siblings, dude. That's just weird. Okay, yeah, but you, it's okay dating your mom? He's dating his mom. She's dead. <laughs> That's not the same thing. <laughs> he needs that. Give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you guys are into Pokemon, yeah. long story short. <laughs> Go get them on the Nintendo DS shop before they're gone mid-March. Also, if you guys want to get the uh, Ash Greninja, there's a couple things. Go to Cerebi.net. That's how I get all my information. So, yeah. moving on. Uh, just ask your mom first. <laughs> yeah, just make sure you get approval from your mom and or wife. Either oh, one. man, this is great. Look at Andy pulling in with that. <laughs> That's why she's executive producing now. Oh, all right. Uh, moving on. Funko Pop is set to throw away a hundred or no, excuse me, $30 million worth of product just straight to the trash. Dang. Where? We don't know. Nick wants to find the <laughs> desert right next to the ET cartridges. It's right next to the Atari cartridges. <laughs> yeah. I can just see it. Oh, I was just going to say that. Damn it. No, because I can see it like they're just filling it up. You see Nick running. Wait! <laughs> Which one's the Star Wars one? <laughs> is this Batman? <laughs> You know what's funny is Just that that's not that's that's probably a real thing. That's like eighty percent of that is probably Star Wars and Batman pops. Yeah. Probably. Oh yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And that's the thing is that when I sent you guys that news, yeah. automatically what like I automatically knew why they were doing it. Yeah. It's to increase the oh, yeah, value. I put, it, I put it in the thing. I was like, oh well, pops are going up. Yeah. yeah. This isn't the diamond business. I don't mm -hmm. know why they're doing this. Just sell your sell sell your stuff. Yeah. You know, or, or at a reduced rate. But apparently, it's not financially good enough for Funko well, we, to basically do this. In in the they're, they're getting rid of old stock that's taking up space. Mm -hmm. A little a little behind the curtain right now is um uh through recently when we buy our pops through the distributor that contracted through Funko, um originally like a year ago we had to sell them at a rate of ten ninety nine. Uh-huh. Now after this new year they said, well uh, starting soon we have to you guys have to raise the price up to a dollar. Or like okay, because now they're so now they're, they're grabbing right. hype. They're they're becoming more and more so integrated like, what, into eleven or twelve. It's eleven ninety nine now for a 
a standard pop mm-hmm. starting is at 11.99 if it has an exclusive sticker it was it would be 12.99 now that price has been up to 14.99 yeah, or like an oversized one, like that Venom one. Uh-huh. You have to sell those. It depends if it's. I thought those are like thirty. No, those, those like 30? no, they're more like standard. If it's just a standard without a sticker, if without it being like a limited edition or a special edition, it's like twenty bucks. Easily. You sold you sold me my giant Deco for like my giant Deku for like thirty bucks. Yeah, that's a yeah, because that that glows. That has multiple things. It's a oversized, <laughs> a bit of an oversized. It glows in the dark, and it's a, and it's also an exclusive from a certain company. I want my money back. <laughs> I want my five dollars. Do there's my extra five. They, they, that's how that's how um, that's how Funko does it. It's yeah, like different different price layers that they added on. We still collect them, but it's such a I, scummy thing. I stopped collecting them now because, or I'll get a certain Batman one if it's cool. Yeah, that's, I that's about I, it. I haven't I haven't picked up as many pops. Recently, Man, they just take Man, a spot. Manny collects them like crazy because she goes for the Disney ones. That's yeah, why. and those end up being a lot more. Those they're they're more. collectors. She's yeah, gonna, she's gonna you're gonna find Mandy under an avalanche of pops. How much you want to bet? And here's the sad thing because mm-hmm. Andy's been trying to look for uh, Gilmore Girl ones. Oh really? What if they threw yeah. those away too? Oh no. So it uh, so it's all about supply and demand at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can. There is. I I tell people. Pops are now essentially there's it's basically the same rules as porn. If it exists, there's a there's a version of that mm-hmm. now. So they well, make different pops for rappers, a, for sports well, teams. That's the thing though is that I was explaining into in the I was we were explaining this kind of last year. I mean last uh, issue with the Pokemon uh, packs mm-hmm. getting released, where it's oh yeah they're gonna do like the old school packs and they're gonna re-release the prints yeah. from them. It's the same principle that's going on of they have all of these they have all this quantity of a specific pop, which means that especially if it's a popular pop, they just kept making manufacturing, manufacturing, manufacturing. And now nobody can fight. And now you have an abundance of it. What they're going to do is they're going to get it, toss it and destroy it. Yeah. So the value of the pops that are still in the marketplace will then skyrocket because you can't find the pop anymore. Mm -hmm. And then that's how that, and that's how your market, that's how your, your it's, market keeps on. Going it's up uh, controlled market pricing, basically. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. I mean, here's the here's the idea of it is that it's it's kind of interesting that this information is coming out, but I don't think people are going to care enough to not stop buying pops. Pops are still a popular I'm thing. Going to every landfill I can find. <laughs> Just go where they buried the ET Atari cartridges. You're fine. They'll probably didn't find they end stuff. up fighting those? Yeah, they yeah they're still. Yeah. I think they're still, they're still out there. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one's gonna pick them up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because nobody wanted it when the ET game came out. Why exactly. Would you still want it? It's a broken game. So last piece of comic strip news before we move on to our main topics for the issue. Uh, Keegan Michael Key, Charlie Day, Chris Pratt, and Jack Black all went on the Carol- Kelly Clarkson show. Why is this important? Because Jack Black was doing Jack Black things. Oh, I was gonna say because Kelly Clarkson's is the new Ellen. No, <laughs> like, probably yeah, yeah. yeah. It's but like apparently, no, because apparently she's nicer though. Yeah, yeah. Did you hear what Jack Black did? What did no, he do? What did he, do? he came on the show dressed as Bowser. <gasps> I did see a picture. You know what, of that. You know what's great about Jack Black? He does above and beyond. To he just, does not care. Yeah, no. and it's good. It's awesome because that goes to show the dedication that he probably put behind. His part for this movie, yeah, makes me even more excited. Well, he he loves any project that he gets money from, so I mean, <laughs> if I, I get would, paid, I would. I'm too. selling it. I'm not gonna lie. I would too. Like if well, some if somebody was paying me to do to like play a character and it was a really dope script and I had a really good time, then yeah, hundred percent down to like you know go above and beyond. Yeah, yeah. So there's pictures on there online. 
You guys can I'm go sure find him. I'm sure he's doing ten ten million dollars worth of work. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, I see, I I see him more as a more kind of like integrated nerd person now that he has kids. I'm assuming, you know, he probably heard about Mario. Not in his in his younger life, but now no. that he has kids. He probably knows more about no, it because he would have grown up with it in the eighties. Yeah, but I'm not. Well, I mean, I'm he wasn't saying, probably into it. As he much. probably wasn't into because he's you can you can easily see. Well, that's cool. That was pretty sick. Uh, you can easily know that you know Jack Black is more into music and rock music and stuff like that. Like that's his niche. I know, but what I'm saying is that like <laughs> Nintendo was like a wave of ever for everybody. Yeah, like every I think everybody played a Mario game and everybody was a Mario. They fan knew, but the to, like it wasn't his personality. Andy and I recently uh, rewatched Nacho, uh, Nacho Nacho Libre. Nacho Libre. Yeah, so did me, man. Yeah, and uh, the interesting thing about it is, I always laugh because Jack Black has like quirks that you already know. Yeah, and so like Jack Black in every role that he has, he'll usually do a singing part where he like makeshifts a song yeah. just out of yes. nowhere. But so, I always yeah. say that his signature is whenever he gets into like the parts where he starts singing and doing all this stuff, he'll <laughs> go like, or like, so, like so yeah, he voices if, the, if you. The, if you watch a Jack Black movie, you're always going to expect one thing or a few things. He's going to sing and then kind of do like a, a rock ballad. Yeah, like a rock ballad. Or he's going to do like his little leaps where he kind of puts out his, his body and does like a little leap in the yeah. air and stuff like that. Yeah. He, or he does like a little kick or stuff. Or he's so, just, so I, he's moving around. He's a very active comedian. I, love, you imagine? I love the idea that they, they just made Poe Jack Black. <laughs> Because even like his yeah. fighting style yeah. is like, yeah, yeah. And, like, he's about to bring the thunder. He's a thunder. Yeah. What did he do there? They had to censor his balls. Okay, <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Could you imagine Bowser just doing like a, a... Bowser's balls? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, in the movie he's just like yeah, he's like singing. He's like, I got Princess Peach. Oh, he ripped. He ripped. Oh, no, they literally they censored. Like, oh, because you could just see oh, his, it was super tight. his camel tail. Yeah, that's <laughs> interesting. Super tight. <laughs> well, we got to wrap up comic strips because we got two heavy weighted Brian, topics for this issue. Can you wear a Bowser outfit like that? I'll Skin wear a Yoshi. Tight. Skin tight? No. I'll wear a Yoshi. Stop. You need to stop. Whoa, what? No. Yes. No. Please keep No, you said it. You said it. It's out there. Come on. Go ahead. You know what? This is why you remind me of your daughter today. I know. She's helping out. That is your fault. Just keep talking. Yes, please. And I need to see photos or it didn't happen. No, we're moving on. Stop. Pull it up. Pull it up. Babe. Babe, your show, 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 show. no, you're, you're not on the what show. What are you gonna do about it? I'm gonna tell her no. <laughs> you're married. It's a romper. It's a romper. It's a romper. It's a romper. Oh, you, you. I'm gonna get stickers made. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're sending them to Lewis. He's gonna get them done. <laughs> Boba Brian and Santa Brian in a romper. <laughs> it's the holiday edition. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, you laugh, no. but you know people will buy that. I know they would. <laughs> I know they would. I'm Dude, trying I'm, to be a director in Hollywood. Merry right? Christmas, do... guys! Get the holiday edition. Keep it up with the dirty Dude, I'm gonna put that Dude, on. I just felt my shoulder pop. Out <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put Santa Bride on my back of my phone. <laughs> Can we move on to the no. topics, please? No, okay, we're gonna. No, yeah, we go have ahead. to because right, we're no, like. Let me, let me find it. After the show. After the show. No, during the show. No, they cannot put it on camera. We're not gonna put it on camera. No, we're not gonna put it on camera. We're gonna do it after the show. Okay, okay, fine. Fair. Okay. So, can we move on to our we're other not, topics? Wait, I'm not gonna forget that. So go ahead. Yes, <laughs> All right. So now we got to talk about the Mandalorian. The first yes. episode premiered last Wednesday. Stop! It's on camera. 
I want you to wear that, dude. <laughs> Is this a video? It's a video. Oh my god, they're so tight. Why do you have lightsabers? What were you doing with the lightsabers? Get amped up. <laughs> I get back to Eddie. That's oh a great photo. That's, that's a great photo. Now send it in the group chat. Oh, yeah, send in, it to me. Yeah. I need it. I need it so like. I, I want change. Mandy to see that. <laughs> like, I'm gonna change his uh, his, his color. Dude, no, dude, you were rocking it though. That's oh, why, yeah. like, dude. Not to be honest, you were rocking yeah, that. You yeah, were, you were. Did you shave your legs? No. There's some yeah. good thighs. There's some good thighs, dude. Nice good thighs. Thigh. Credit to your thighs, it. man. You guys wish you could. See I just it. want you to like. That was good. Put my, put your thighs and wrap it around my head. I'm gonna see. If like, he, I want. I'm gonna see if he'll if he'll let me. I'm gonna make a sticker out of it. I want to. I want to make a sticker out of it. Sticker of that. She wants a sticker. Put on my water bottle. Hey, yes! Uh, oh, 138 issues is where I die. <laughs> oh, man. I'll tell you I, right we're now. calling it today, folks. There are 138 issues. I'm dead. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Andy sent it in the chat. <laughs> I love that this. Good. That was this good. is such a great episode. You, you know what I want? I want that experience again to see it for the first time. Like I want, I want to be in that moment again. <laughs> Just see that. Picture. That was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you wear that this year for the show? No. Please. No. Oh. Okay. What do we have to do in order right, for us to see? Let's it? move forward. Come on. We got. We got yeah. to. Dude, we're 50 minutes we're 50 in. We haven't even right. talked about the two main topics. <laughs> All right, we'll go. No, okay. you have to carry the show now. You mentioned this. <laughs> All right, fine. Mando. Mando. Mm-hmm. Alright, so this this episode of Mando It was a good episode of Mando It was, it was, a, it was a good first, first starter season, First season premiere First season premiere The only thing I thought was kind of weird Hey, we're though, moving forward You're moving forward Stop thinking in the past, man yeah. I'm so, stuck in it, alright I, I thought it was I did think it was kind of weird In the recap It didn't mention what happened in Boba Fett Yeah, you know what so, I thought that was kind of thing. weird Because if you were somebody Who did not watch Boba Fett. Yeah. And then you came into this you came into it and then you After were watching, season two. Yeah, yeah, and then you were just watching the armor and you were going through the whole like mm-hmm. you know the 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 whole uh putting on his helmet and the whole ritual, which mm-hmm. was really cool because they yeah. were taking stuff a lot of like Christian religions. No mm-hmm. wait, the book of Boba Fett did have they did include one part in it. Mm-hmm. It's when he uh approaches the Mandalorian blacksmith mm-hmm. and she says, Did you take off the helmet? Yeah, and he but, says yes. But but it doesn't it okay but here's the things that it didn't, it didn't show the Boba Fett parts. It didn't. No, it didn't show one Grogu coming back Two, it didn't show Mando getting a new ship. That's true. It yeah. didn't show all these things. So if you were a person that did not watch it and then you see Mando swooping in, <laughs> in, a, in a Naboo starfighter yeah. with a, with like a, a, with a hot rod engine in it mm-hmm. <laughs> and a baby seat in and the back, baby seat yeah. in the back with Grogu. <laughs> Whoever saw, whoever didn't watch it, was probably going, "What in the world is happening? Mm-hmm. Like, what happened? How did he get B- Grogu back? Yeah. Where did he get this he ship? Just, he just gave him away. Now he yeah. got him back. Like, so I, not, he chose me. Well, okay. So not only that, but also they were saying that in the time that it took for Mando to find Luke was four years. Mm-hmm. 
So the events of season one and two are two years each. Yes. Then Grogu was away with Luke for two years. Mm -hmm. So it's been a grand total of six years. And you can see that when he goes back to the outpost with Grief Karga. Uh, of how much time has really passed because they've developed the city. They've literally revamped everything. It's prosperous now. It's now a good city. It's not yeah. a city of outlaws. Yeah. It's not a city of outlaws. It's an actual outpost. Yeah. Uh, so that's awesome. That's really cool. I'm I'm glad that they're that uh, Dave Filoni and John Favreau are giving you. It's been some years because yeah. in reality it, everything's kind of quick mm-hmm. inside the show. If somebody were to go, this has been maybe a year, maybe two. I would have believed it. Yeah. But it's been some time since then. I think I think if one thing, yeah, that's one of the uh, cons about this incarnation of Star Wars storytelling is that the time is not being explained a lot. But the thing is, you can tell that time is going by your surroundings. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing inside of the inside the uh, inside the original series mm-hmm. because you knew that time had passed from one to. Two, from four to five. Well, usually you get and told that in the rolling. Thing. Usually you get yeah. told you get it's told been that. two years yeah. or it's been a, a year or it's been whatever. Um, but yeah, so you get all that. Then you also have uh, Mando going to his greatest hits. He went to go see uh, Grief Karga. Try, uh, he's, he's trying to get to Mandalore. That's his mm-hmm. big thing because Mandalore, they, they believe, is poisoned. Uh, but he wants to take Mandalore back. He thinks that no, he wants to get to the springs, but to basically have the only way uh, to get down atone for his for a, to uh, to atone yeah. for being apostate. That's yeah. why the episode is called the apostate. Mm-hmm. Here's the interesting thing about it, right? It's that yeah, I kind of now that you say it that like they didn't mention a lot of the stuff from the book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. There is a key piece of dialogue at the beginning mm-hmm. where they reference the fact that the blacksmith i forget her name but she says to him it's like it's you're just the armor the armor right mm-hmm. it's, it's she basically says like you're no longer a mandalore because mm-hmm. you took off your helmet yeah. it's a line that was repeated in the book of boba fett she repeats it again as if like you know it, it makes sense in context because he's coming back to but basically see what's if, going on but you've never you haven't seen this alter exactly. this, this altercation so when she says it it's kind of like i've already told you you're not welcome here yeah and then, but if you never saw Boba Fett, you were like, why is she so upset? Like, yeah. I don't get it. Uh, not only that, but also, you know, they they did not show the Darksaber. He mentions that he has it. They but haven't they didn't said show it. it. They haven't shown it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, he does go to see Bo-Katan. He's trying to see if he can get, you did find out that the Mandalorians, once she didn't get the Darksaber, her entire faction just fell apart. Yeah. And everybody else got absorbed into other factions. Yeah. So that means that there's multiple factions all over the galaxy. Um, also, uh, like I said before, we went to Grief Karga. We ended up getting, we're going to get the IG unit back, which is awesome. Played by Alan Tudyk in the first one, right? No, no it was voiced it was by Ta- Taika, 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 Taika Waititi. Waititi. Thank you. Taika did it the first time. Um, and he was also, he Alan Tudyk was in Rogue One. Yeah. The droid in Rogue One. Yeah. Um, not only that, but as they were traveling around, uh, Grogu sees things that are, he sees the nature of the galaxy. So before we get to that part, right. because that is a big part about yes. it, let's quickly just go over our thoughts about this episode. Cause that part, I know where you're getting to, it is an important detail. And yeah. I do want to discuss it a little bit in length before, sure. you know, we get to our next topic. But for me, this episode, I felt like it did what it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. It's a short, sweet, simple story to get you back into the game, to right. kind of get you back into the story, to get you involved in it, right? It's essentially it's telling quick. you where it's like, quick. everyone's at. Yes. Yeah. Here's the setup. This is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. This is the main mission. There's a side quest and trying to find 
a new circuit board for the IT unit so that basically he it's can get the- It's a side mission. That's it, kind of like it's a, a side, side mission. mission. It's a side mission. That's essentially what it is. So he can get the you know gears rolling again and get it's, back to Mandalore. It's kind of like a loyalty mission. Yeah, basically. It, it, it felt like, a lo- like when he was just like, well, you can go get the circuit board or you can just go to Mandalore. And it was like- yeah, I feel like I, I feel like this is a loyalty mission. I need to go. I need to go get the circuit board in order to do this correctly. Yeah, so yeah. It's, the circuit board. It was a super simple, easy, sweet to the point episode. I love the way that it was directed with just the big fight at the beginning with that giant lizard fish. Mm-hmm. It was so well done. Mm-hmm. You can tell the intensity is still there. That Favreau is still making this a western. That that uh that draw that was going on the the duel between the pirates and oh that was great it was so good it was was just directed so well and i I have a feeling that that pirate's gonna be bigger thing later yeah which is also interesting too because if you look at their ship you can actually see that they're using an old separatist ship battleship i thought it was a hammer oh no a hammerhead no it's not it's not a hammerhead it's an old separatist battleship from the from uh the clone wars yeah so you can see how all of these things have been repurposed mm-hmm. in the galaxy just like in um what's it called it's either the bad batch they're using they're using the tanks from the clone wars droid tankers in order to take over uh Kashyyyk. question real quick before we get to renee's part yes. he mentions the new republic i thought mm-hmm. that was disband no so there's the republic because there's the old, old republic, republic, the republic, which the is the republic, prequel, which was the prequels, and then the then new republic. Have, then you have the empire, and now you have the new republic that uh, grand that um, was it like Leia and them formed. And the new republic basically exists, and you have the resistance, who was a small sac- or faction away from the new republic. So the resistance. So okay, so Leia forms the resistance because she sees that there's a separate sect that's going to become the rebel. That, yeah, basically. <laughs> Rebel Alliance, Alliance too. But what happens is that she sees that there's a sect of the Senate that wa- that misses the Empire mm-hmm. because they were getting rich and they were able to get more power. So they want to bring the old ways of the Empire back. So she can see that there are half the senators that really want that. She separates off, makes the resistance to fight against these emperors. These emperors are able to find and fund the, the First Order. The First Order are then able to destroy... The the, the Hassians, new, which yeah. are the Hassian system, and just destroy the entire New Republic. The New Republic, that's the the face of the New Republic, essentially. Yeah, yeah. the Senate at least. Yeah, Renee, what do you think of this episode? I I two things. I liked how we're getting Carl Weathers' character. He's like leveling up on his own time. Like yeah. every time we see him, he, he like last time we saw him, he was the he was like the he was the magistrate. Marshal. Yeah, he was just uh, in what season three? No, season, season two. two. And then in this one, now he's like, uh, what, what was his the title? Grand Magistrate. He grand makes magistrate. it known he's, he's high, a Grand high, Magistrate. Is he the Grand or High Magistrate? The High, 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 high Magistrate, yeah. And I loved how we talked about it with Nick when we saw each other on Wednesday, yeah. Yes. And that he has little droids holding his cape when he's walking. Yeah, the entire time. You can time. hear him, but like when he's walking down the stairs, you can hear him go, <laughs> and, then falling. and then yeah. when he turns really quick, you can hear them ah! <laughs> like, they, like they swing. Yeah, it's it's that little tiny things that they add mm-hmm. to grief cargo that is just amazing. Yeah, and I love, yeah. I love, I love grief cargo a lot. Mm-hmm. Carl Weathers does an amazing job as our exposition dump. Yeah, of especially since I love the idea of Carl Weathers, uh, grief cargo going, you don't need to leave. Yeah, 
you can stay here. You could be our marshal. Mm-hmm. I will give you lands next to the hot springs, and you and your son will live fat. He for the rest is. Of your life. You mentioned this. Mm-hmm. That time isn't shown. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not explicitly mm-hmm. telling you, hey, this is how much time has gone. Mm-hmm. He serves as that point, though. He does. Because he, at the, in the first season, mm-hmm. is basically <clears throat> a pirate mm-hmm. with no yes. money, yeah. basically bounty hunting. Yeah. In the second episode, or he's second in, season. He's in charge of the bounty of the Bounders Guild. Yes. Mm-hmm. In the second season, he now wants to rebuild. He has Cara, or Cara Dune mm-hmm. basically just kind of like helping him out, trying to get the city back in order and everything. Couple years pass. He's now high magistrate, <laughs> dressed in cloth or mm-hmm. dressed in fine linen, having robots carry his cape. Yeah. He is that timeline that tells you yeah. how long it's been since the last. I season. also really liked the idea of, even though we can't, we're not, we don't have Cara Dune anymore. That they didn't just go, oh, well, what happened to Cara Dune? Oh, she was gunned down, or you know, no, she's she off died. somewhere. She's off somewhere else. She's she's doing her own thing. She was recruited by special forces of the New Republic, and that's where she's at. Because I always thought that was really weird, where they were just like, well, kill her off. Like she can't be on the show anymore. Kill her off. And Dave Filoni even goes, there's like billions of people in this galaxy. There's only like a small sliver of people that are in front of the camera. At each time. She can just be off doing something else. She can be somewhere and maybe recast her, bring her back in some sort of way. I don't know, something different. Yeah. Uh, Another one was that uh, Mandy pointed it out when we were watching it, was that the the new um, town that uh-huh. when, yeah. when uh, Mando's walking kind of, not exactly, but kind of resembles Star Wars land. And I was like, a little yeah, bit. It does kind of look It's just like- a little bit. I'm like, well, that's because, you know, when, when people see Star Wars land and then when you watch something that, you know, has, you know, a city or a town in it, they Disney's gonna have that where it's gonna like connect the two. Not well, connect yeah, directly, but just remind people like, oh yeah, this this how it looked in the Mandalorian well, show. The aesthetics. So you the gotta keep in mind yeah, that it's yeah. a prospering town that's mm-hmm. rebuilt. It yeah. has to look nice. It has to look well mm-hmm. done. And Batu kinda needs to resemble that in yeah, a way but, because mm-hmm. it's a hideout for the resistance. That's, yeah, the that, Black Spire outpost. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's yeah, it's an outpost. It needs yeah. to be City like it needs to be a trading That's the other thing too is that this is the reason why the high Re- why the New Republic failed mm-hmm. because even when they're talking about like oh yeah um, Cara Dune took uh, what's his name Moff Gideon took Moff Gideon he went to a, uh, a war tribunal oh, to yeah. the New Republic and you can hear Bando go <sighs> whatever all right like he scoffs at it because he knows that the New Republic is fangless. Mm-hmm. That's the problem with the Senate is that the Senate has so many people that have their own agendas. Nothing gets done. And they, and he knows that. And and everybody knows that, that the Senate is, it, they, they, they lift themselves up and nothing gets done about it. And that's the problem. Uh, it's the same thing that happens in the Clone Wars, same thing that happens inside of uh, Bad Batch. They even have like a huge thing inside of the Bad Batch where they're trying to get clones repar- some kind of reparations or money or even for because they're retiring them and everything else and it, it can't go past like can't it, do. It, it's everybody just keeps on rejecting it even though yeah. a lot of people are trying to get it passed uh any last thoughts before we pass the torch on to Rene- or to no. nick no. no all good so go ahead and tell us what you think about this so, episode but lead into the whole yeah. thing about uh, what we saw yes the show. so the it was really good i love the idea that they're uh they're really showing you a lot of lore on Death Watch and how exactly they, you know, induct new inductees because that's what it is. This is Death Watch. 
Um, and as they're kind of going through all these inductees and everything else, you can see that the new kid, he was, a, he was a Vizsla. So I'm assuming that he is, uh, what's his name? Um, John Favreau's character, the big guy. It's oh. gonna, that's his kid. Yeah. Uh, that's also why he was so protective of him with the Gatling gun. But I love the idea because now he has a kid that he's trying to protect and Mando has his own kid that he's mm-hmm. trying to protect. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Mando brings all of these sects together so that way they can then form an army and go back to Mandalore. Um, well, Bo-Katan gave him the option. You have the sword, wave it around, get the people to follow you. Exactly. And But the thing is, is that now that you have the sword, it le- it's the same thing as... Um, in Creed, where it's like you have the championship belt, that means everybody's going to challenge you for it. And if you're not a master with it, it's not going to you're, you're not going to get very far because yeah. people, other people are going to go, well, I'm better than you. I can use it. I'm going to challenge you for it. And that's what it's going to happen over and over and over again until you can prove that you're the best mm-hmm. at it, in which you can't be the best with the dark saber unless you're over your own stuff. Yeah. Like you have to be solidified in your identity and who you are and everything else. They actually put it away behind a lock and key in a way that's makes sense story-wise, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah. Uh, so explain to us what we saw when uh, Mando and Grogu so were uh, Mando traveling and Grogu are traveling in through Lightspeed, and it's kind of interesting because per, uh, what they... It, what it looks like is it kind of looks like a squid. You said you were like, yeah, the squid things that were in the, that were in there, and it was going at light speed, which was really weird. They're called Purgle, so they're space whales that can travel at light speed. I don't know why I have an alarm at nine thirty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. That Did it stop on. my recording? No, no, keep going, keep going. Explain. Okay, so do my do my recording? Stop? No, no, keep going. You can keep going. Check. <laughs> so anyway, um, Purgle are. Uh, Basically, these are whales that are what we would know as whales that can travel through lightspeed. And it actually gave the creators of lightspeed the idea Mm -hmm. of how exactly to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Purgle are sentient beings and they also are sensitive to the force. The reason why they're so important, though, is because um, they're the reason why you have uh, hyper lanes, hyperspace lanes. Uh Uh-huh. The reason why you have designated hyperspace lanes is because Purgle just travel through them. So they know which alleys Purgle go through mm-hmm. and they've put the hyperspace lanes around them because Purgle are unstoppable. Literally, if you're a ship and it's going through hyperspace, a Purgle could go in front of you and you're, you would just be vaporized. This happens all the time inside the, inside the Star Wars universe. I've just ships crashing into Purgle and being decimated. Um, in the reason why we know this is from Rebels. Ezra Bridger and Kanan Jarrus run into Purgle and Ezra Bridger uses them to destroy Thrawn's fleet. He communicates with through the force and he's actually able to just bring an entire horde of Purgle to destroy an entire Imperial fleet that Thrawn has that's holding Lothal. The reason why this is so important is because he then uses the Purgle to send Thrawn past the Outer Rim. They don't know where Thrawn is or Ezra because the Purgle took them somewhere. It attaches itself to the ship. It attaches himself to the ships and then they just boom and they and they take off. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is that since Ezra Bridger was the last person to be seen with Thrawn and they had Purgle, the only reason why you would bring Purgle in this is because that's what we're doing in Ahsoka. So we're already starting to lay these little cards on the table of going, 
There are Purgle. There are... Purgle are not just in the cartoons. They're in the live action stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to start talking about them pretty soon because because we need to follow them in order to find out where Ezra went and where Thrawn went. Not only that, but also we're going to start going into the Mandalorians and we're going to start meeting a lot more of them. That means that we're going to meet Sabine Wren maybe. So that way we can introduce this character. So that way when we go over to Ahsoka, we know Ahsoka Tano. We know Sabine Wren. We know who these people are. Oh, we've heard them talk about them names of Hera and all these other characters. So that way, when we go to uh, Ahsoka series, and all these characters are being introduced. We already kind of feel familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a and, way of like, okay, I want to show my clone war slash rebel characters in live action, but I got to find a way to subtly introduce them to the general in, fans in case in case I can start doing what I need to do for Ahsoka. Gotcha. You know? Because if you just jump straight into Ahsoka without watching Rebels, that show is going to be confusing mm-hmm. because it's just like Ahsoka Tano was looking for a Jedi that then was sent out by, by space whales with Admiral Thrawn mm-hmm. to pass the outer rim. And now we don't know where he is. That's a weird plot for a show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see. <clears throat> Uh, where this heads into uh, yeah. second episode. I don't think they've really teased much about it. And I'll be honest, the end of this first episode, it leaves everything wide open. We can see him going into Mandalore. We can see him fr- trying to find the circuit board. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's still a lot to be discovered. And I feel like Favreau is doing this on, or Favreau and Filoni are doing this on purpose. Yeah, they don't want he, you to predict. Yeah. No. They want you to be along with for the ride. I think <laughs> that right now, he is going to try and find other Mandalorian sex. So that way, because he needs to, in a way, get people behind him. Yeah, he needs the army. He needs he start, he needs to start building an army because right now, Death Watch isn't listening to him. Mm-hmm. No matter what he says, they're not going to listen to it's him. It's a different faction that left Mandalore behind. Exactly. Yeah. And not only that, but also, they're considered the crazies. So... <laughs> You guys no, follow the ways too much. No, but 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 the thing is that that's the reason why they were banished to the moon. That's why they were on the moon in the first place is because they were so nuts. Yeah, and they they took they stood too close to the ways and everything else, and they were super 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 superstitious. So that's why everybody was like, those guys are weird. Like Mandalorians are already weird. They're super weird. I told Andy that when we have our first kid, I'm going to do the ceremony that we saw in the first episode. Or like the, the, seal a helmet on his head and say yeah. you're never taking it off. <laughs> That's what you're gonna do. That's a cool scene, dude. I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, any final thoughts on uh, the Mandalorian season three before we move on? I I wonder what kind of Grogu merch we're gonna get out of this season. Uh, this little, this little. I'm you know what? I love the line I love the idea of Grogu is not. You can also tell the passions of time through Grogu too. Because Grogu is more self-aware. Grogu is more independent Mm -hmm. inside this season. Mm -hmm. Like, usually Mando has to, like, go, grab him, pick him up inside, and put him inside the thing, and he has to be carried all over the place. This season, he already has a brand new little ship that's, like, his. He's got a little carriage. He's got Mm -hmm. a little carriage. Not only that, but then he was walking. Like, he was just walking behind Mando, and he was like, what's up? Mm-hmm. Like he was walking around, he did the same thing that every small kid did when they went to their dad's office and just started spinning himself God, inside I of a chair. That so much, dude. It's, why? dude. I was about to lose it when he picked up that Boba Frick alien mm-hmm. looking person thing. Oh uh, yeah, like, I, was down, like, dude, down. I was like, dude, we're freaking kill him, dude. He's not, he's not a, a pet. pet. He's yeah. not, dude. I, dude, I, I almost lost it. That's he's you one of my favorite. Yeah, dude. I was like, why? 
Leave the things I love alone, dude. God. I, I just think it's so no. I think it's so funny. And I'm looking forward to when Mando puts a helmet on him. Imagine. I thought that's what was happening in the beginning. I was like, wait, what's happening? Mm-hmm. It, was little, I was, it was a little helmet. It was. It was I too just, small for Groot. I just want to see the little chainmail. I want to see the chainmail. You did. When? He was moving. When he, Whenever he would move, you would see the chainmail under him. Mm-hmm. I told you it was in there. You could see it on him. He's wearing. He's always. He's always wearing it now. So now we got to get a, a little Grogu, little all, baby Yoda with chainmail. Also mm-hmm. adorable as all hell mm-hmm. of Grogu seeing Purgle and going like Jedi stuff. Mm-hmm. Mando, Daddy, <laughs> <laughs> and then just like immediately cuddled up to <laughs> to Mando, to Mando, and he's like, Dad, Space Wheels, there's a whale. <laughs> I'm scared. And then he cuddles up and he's like. <sighs> I also love the fact that you never see Din Djarin sleeping. Oh, <laughs> like yeah, the one that's true. time you yeah. actually see him sleeping, mm-hmm. and he's just like Look, he's in light speed, and just like eh, I'm put on cruise control. <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what light speed is. Yeah. All right, we got to move on to our last topic of this issue: yes. Creed Three, Michael B. Jordan's first directed film, greatest off the live famous action movie ever, Rocky series well, of movies. Anime. Live action anime movie. Live action anime. That's basically what it is. Here's the simple point of this entire conversation. Michael B. Jordan undersold this movie in advertisements by simply saying the fight scenes have anime inspiration, undersells (laughs) all of it. Let's assume I'm a weep. Let's assume I watch anime, okay? Which For this one section. Japanese no. cartoons. Jap- no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. I watch Japanese cartoons. Let's only, assume only, For this one section, I'm a weeb. Do you only watch the tentacle ones? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's assume I watch anime, right? What I really love about this is that the storyline borrows a lot of setup from anime. Mm-hmm. My favorite part of the entire movie that is just anime is all hell when Victor is training, spoiler alert, by the way, if you haven't seen Creed 3, stop the podcast, go watch it, then come back. Here's the point. When Victor is training Donnie for the fight in the desert, that was a Goku-Vegeta moment. Oh, when Victor Drago? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's a it's a great moment when... Uh, Kakarot. Don, <laughs> it's, it's a great moment when Donnie punches him in the face and he finally draws blood and he just kind of smiles. Yeah. And he goes... You're back. That's a, that's a Vegeta yeah. moment, dude. That's a Vegeta moment. A He's like, moment. I'm fighting you to be better, mm-hmm. but yeah. I want you to be better because you have to win this fight. Yeah, yeah, you beat me. You need to. You need to be able to beat me again. Yeah, it's that entire storyline of defeat and trying to come back, working with the enemy or working with previous rivals, mm-hmm. not enemies, but previous rivals to be better. I thought it was really interesting too because I was kind of surprised. Because in a way, Jonathan Majors, the way he fights, you can see that he was using pressure points mm-hmm. in well, the middle of the fight. But I did notice he never used it on Creed. No, he tried. You can see that he's trying. The first punch he lands is in the shoulder again, the same way that he mm-hmm. fought Gutierrez. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. the thing well, is that. First move, but, so, then, but Creed is moving around. It's he's yeah. moving around too fast. So you can't get to kind of set up the, a simple summary of the story, this is his retirement. He's done fighting. He's 25 and one. The first fight we see is him versus no, uh, pretty, 25 and one. 24 and one. He ends up being 25 and one at the end because he's 24 and one before he fights Caldona, pretty boy Caldona or however you pronounce his name. Yeah. The first person he Ricky fights. Cotton. Ricky Cotton. Yeah. It's the pretty first, Ricky Cotton. The first person he fights in the first Creed. 
That's Ricky Cotton. His retirement match is the twenty five, the twenty fifth victory. So he retires. No, he has he... more than that. It's thirty something because he said that you already beat six people in a challenge. I thought it was twenty five because that's what the that's what the card says. Anyways, point being, he's the undisputed heavyweight champion in world boxing champion history. So he's basically like his dad. He hasn't. They haven't had one in like two decades. He's done. He basically retires. His child is now like five, really? six years old. And uh, basically, Brie is a producer. She wants to preserve the last bit of her hearing and is no longer performing live. Yeah, it was you damaging have, her hearing worse. Yeah, Damien. Damien is a longtime childhood friend of Donnie. Uh, there's past history. Somewhere along the lines, Donnie feels like he betrayed him because he left him behind to be basically incarcerated for mistakes that he committed as a kid. So it is a revenge story in a way where jo or. Damien, Jonathan Major's character, wants to take everything from Donnie because he feels like he deserved that more than anything. Sorry. I know I'm shaking that. <laughs> <laughs> see Grogu just waving. <laughs> uh, but that's the basic concept of the story. Yes. That's basically yeah. it. In terms of what this movie does, I think that it did something very well, which is deliver a story without the crutches of Rocky. Mm-hmm. Because it's very difficult to try to sell a movie that does not have Sylvester Stallone. Creed is good on its own. Creed 1 and 2 are good on its own. But you can tell that a lot of that story is carried by Rocky essentially motivating him to come out. Like, hey, you got to do this. You got to do this, kid. This is what we got to teach you this and all this is, stuff. This very much is a movie of how do I stand on my own feet? Uh -huh. Without my, my mentor. Without my mentor. Mm -hmm. Like, he, he gave me all the tools that I need. I just need to use those tools in order for me to stand on my own two feet and become the champion that he that he knew that I could be. And everyone and the screenplay would did that so well. Yeah, I thought that I like I still I still think of it now because we were talking about it on our way home. Mm -hmm. Where one of my favorite scenes is Donnie by himself inside the locker room right before the fight with Damien, and he's just one one punch at a time, one step at a time one round at a time. And he just keeps repeating the mantra to himself, just immediately going, just keeping him, keeping his head right of that's all I need to do. If I can, if I can throw a punch, if I can keep on moving, I'm going to win rounds. That's all I need to do. And mm -hmm. he's able to keep that mantra going and he's able to, you know, win in the end. Mm -hmm. And that's great. I really do enjoy it. I do see that there's a lot of space where in case I feel like there was a lot of like negotiation while they were doing it, where they were unsure about whether or not Sylvester Stallone was coming back. Cause I see there was a lot of places where you could have just slipped him in where it was like, Oh yeah. If, if you know, if, if Rocky wants to come back, there's a section right here that we can always just drop him in. What would be those parts at right after he loses, right after he loses and his mom dies. You mean after Gutierrez loses? Uh, yes. Yeah. After Gutierrez loses, and then he is unsure about where exactly he's going to do. He's going to do it for anger because of Gutierrez, and then his mom ends up having a stroke and dying. <clears throat> and I can see there being like a little tiny thing where it's like him being able to get him off the brink. But I'm fine with that. I that's, yeah, that's yeah. the thing is that I was just thinking that right now as you're explaining it. It would be a per. It's it's. See, the thing is, Michael B. Jordan did a good uh, way, and Ryan Coogler also did a good story where you know it's Donnie 
you know, usually, you know, when it comes to those moments of him finding out the true attentions of his childhood friend, finding out that his friend betrayed him in so many ways and played him in so many ways as well, yeah. too. And then losing his mom that you would need Rocky to come in and be like, you know, here to, to pick him back up. But it's the way that they did it was a great way for Donnie to evolve as a character that, you know, he doesn't have Rocky as a crutch anymore. You sure, know, he's doing it on his own. He's, it, it does tell yeah. the story, it, but right. I, but I can, but you, you know you what can I mean. See by, it. I mm-hmm. can see where it's yeah. like, oh yeah, if we put him in right there, mm-hmm. that no one would argue with us. That's no. a perfect place but to put him. Here's the other benefit of not having starts. Rocky in there. Mm-hmm. You also polish off Brie as a character. Yes, mm-hmm. because yes. Brie in the previous two films has been the support. <clears throat> She's been the a, a kind of like a, a structural support for yeah. for Adonis, right? Yes. Hey, you're down. I'm here to help you out. Mm-hmm. She comes in at the last minute She's to basically say like. We got yeah. you got this kid. You can mm-hmm. do this. Mm-hmm. And this time around, Rocky's not there. Yeah. Brianna is the one that basically says, hey, you know what? Like, you got to do this. Yeah. Tell me what's going on mm-hmm. and let the sins of your past go. Mm-hmm. Because only then and there can you actually face she your problems head on. Mm-hmm. And she does the one thing that she hasn't done in the last two films, mm-hmm. which is resist Adonis on the urgency to fight. Yeah. Because Donnie then tells her, hey, I think I got to fight him mm-hmm. to basically take it back. And she tells him, do what you got to do. If this is the way, then this is the way. Mm-hmm. Well, because she does resist him for Drago. She thinks that it's, she doesn't think it's a great idea. It's a selfish, there's nothing to do because Rocky questions him. Why are you fighting? Mm-hmm. There's no reason for you to fight. There's no definition for it. You have nothing. He, to, you have everything to lose, whereas he has nothing to lose. Exactly. Here it's different. Mm-hmm. There is a reason to fight. But Bree wants Donnie to kind of figure this out on his own. Yes. And he knows why. There is a reason. You see it up front immediately. Why? Because this was his mistake. He has to do right. Mm-hmm. He has to let go of the sins of his past and move on. So there is a reason. But yeah. Bree is the one that tells Donnie, hey, figure this out on your own because you're an adult now. You're retired in a family with kids. You have stuff to lose. You have a daughter. You have a daughter. And you cannot have your daughter look at you like this. I love... I really liked the relationship between him and his daughter. Yeah, that was really well done. It was really well done. It grounded him. Yeah. It grounded him as a character. Mm -hmm. Because not only that, but also it's great setup from Creed 2 because we had watched it the previous night. Uh Yeah. I loved the idea of Donnie taking his daughter when she's a baby Mm -hmm. into the gym. She's, you know, he's punching at the bag and, you know, she's not really crying or anything like that. And she's kind of enjoying it. And then now as she's gotten older, She's been watching her dad's fights because mm-hmm. she even says too, "Oh yeah, that's the same throw you did for uh, Pretty Ricky Cotton." No, for Williams or for Williams or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And then she and then he goes, "Where did you?" He goes, "Did you watch that fight?" Mm-hmm. She's like, "Yeah, I've watched all your fights." Mm-hmm. Yeah, she loves her dad so much. Mm-hmm. And she and that's her hero mm-hmm. is her dad. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's awesome. And he's. He he really is embracing that, and he's even going like, yeah, like I think she should learn how to box. Yeah, as a small child, I think she should learn how to protect herself, and she should learn how to box. Story aside, the fights, right? The fights and the training montage. It's interesting because the five of us want to go see it, or mm-hmm. the four of us. Excuse me, I don't know why I said five. The four of us want to go see it, mm-hmm. and I it was. I recently watched the Creed movies. This wasn't yes. the I uh, this year actually, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. this year. Did you watch I saw Creed? one too. Yeah, you watched Creed right before you got married. Yeah, and then we watched Creed two, two. just before we went to go see. Creed and it's Creed. a shame too because I'm a huge Rocky fan and I've never seen Creed, but I think mm-hmm. it was because I was turned off by the fact that it wasn't titled Rocky. I think that's what it was, but like yeah. it was because um, I was going to tell you like yeah, these are movies you've been sleeping on, man. Yeah, like, these are and really they're they're well phenomenal done. movies. Yeah. And then Andy had the privilege of watching them 
back to back to back. Yeah. So it's interesting because I think that we all established like what these movies do so well. And for me, Creed three is separate from Creed one and two. It tells a different story. It it goes a different path and it does so successfully because I think that it's uncomparable to the first two Mm -hmm. in terms of training montages and fights though. I still think that Creed one has a good montage. Mm -hmm. I'll let Andy explain this part because she said that it, it, she said, and I'm like, this is pretty interesting that the third montage in Creed three is more relatable if you live here in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And then Creed two was really good because it was a more simplified version of what we would have seen in uh, Rocky four. Yeah. See, and we really dwelled into that whole training montage in Creed two, where we said it's uh, even so, uh, Rocky said like this is a place where boxers come to get reborn. Yeah, and you see that in in, in Adonis, and then you see that in the fight where he's wearing yeah. his color scheme has changed. Where he's yeah, he's no longer wearing the it's the same style, but it's no longer it's the red, the white, and blue. It is all like burnt ash, like a phoenix. Like yeah, you said. I yeah. also love the inside of his house when he's walking around with Damien. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't notice it until the second time. Oh, yeah, you told, you told me this, yeah. I love, as he's walking around with Damien, I don't think I told you this, but I liked seeing his setup where it was like each belt that he had mm-hmm. that he had won, he put his dad's gloves right next to his shorts, mm. or right next to Donnie's shorts. So it was his dad and, his, and, his, and him. This is the We both won the belt wearing this. Mm. We both won the belt wearing this. Mm. And then he, he very much went, I'm just as good as my dad. Mm. And that was really, really cool. What did I tell you about? No, it was the 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 um the similarities between Michael B. Jordan's like characteristics and then Donna's Creed when you're in his room. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, uh <clears throat> Michael B. Jordan's a huge nerd. He's a huge weeb. And uh if you looked at his uh childhood room at the very beginning. You just see a bunch of anime stuff. Oh yeah, no, you there's, saw, like, there's Nar- a Gundam there, on there. There's a gu- he has like a Gundam that's sitting <laughs> yeah. there. He has a, a Naruto poster yeah. that's sitting on the back. He had like Evangelion and stuff. I was like, oh my god, these are deep cuts. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, like these are not stuff you just dabble into. You yeah. have to like be into anime. To what was positive? It. I saw a One Piece poster. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, especially it's, Evangelion. Yeah, you oh, have Evangelion to. is yeah. a. If you know Evangelion, you're 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 a weeb. It's uh, a, yeah. but I I really do like the way that the movie. Sh- you know, straight away from Rocky in different ways. Mm. Like I loved the training montage. It, I do understand where he was like, Oh yeah, it feels like season one, my hero academia training montage because it did. It does. And here's the interesting aspect of it. Cause Andy, go ahead and explain why this uh, training montage was one of your favorite ones. Oh, because it took place in very iconic LA area. So there was Santa Monica beach, muscle beach, um, Muscle Beach is in Venice, but they oh, did do the Santa well, Monica right Pier. Next, it's right yeah, next it's right next to it. He ran there. Yeah. <laughs> he, also, he also ran through the Hollywood. No, no, no. He, uh, he yeah. instant transmission the whole way through. <laughs> and then he, they also run right by that bridge. Um, the so new the, new, the, new, the one? new bridge and then the old bridge, too. So I mm-hmm. think um, Adonis is running through that new one. And then um, I forget his friend's name. Damien. Damien. Uh, he's running through the old one, but it was it was so cool, it was so fun. But I was telling Brian that I don't, I think if they if you don't live in LA and you don't know those iconic spots, you can't um, appreciate it as much as local like 
the local the local uh, audience out. yeah yeah what's interesting about that training montage and i mentioned it to you and you renee was that as he's training and pro like you know getting along into his training he lo starts to look more and more like adonis yes, or not he, adonis uh apollo apollo yeah he, he's looking a lot more fit he no his hair his hair, he becomes oh, because he's a lot, he's a lot. It's a lot poofier. It's a lot poofier. He has that yeah. afro, and, and then he beard. has the stash yeah. and the beard, the beard yeah. that's very similar to Apollo. And I'm like, that's a pretty cool. I don't know if that was intentional, but that is a pretty cool yeah, like. I'm, little, I'm, I'm sure it was. Yeah. Now speaking about the fights, because we do have to wrap up this issue pretty soon. Yeah. Here's my issue with the fights that we saw here. They were still grand spectacles, mm -hmm. but I feel like these fights were more symbolic than they were intense. They still were intense. Yeah. The first fight and the Gutierrez-Damien fight, mm -hmm. the second one, mm -hmm. they were still pretty intense because as you see Damien fight, mm -hmm. you see the street mentality in it. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, when he's when he's holding on, mm -hmm. you throw in a knee as I turn him around away from the ref. Mm -hmm. You throw an elbow to cut him in the eye. You hit him in the rib to try to break him. Like, mm -hmm. it's a very street mentality, right? Yeah. In the fight between Donnie and Damien, though, it's more controlled and it's a fight in the inside. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because Michael B. Jordan came out in an interview recently where he said that he tr wanted to include inner dialogue between the characters. I thought mentally. he was going to do that. Yeah. And especially, he when he that. especially when he said uh, it's going to be anime as all hell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that is a very anime thing for them to have an internal, an inner monologue yeah. as they're fighting of going like, man, what am I going to do? But this? he, uh, yeah. no. And then if he did that, I would have loved the fight even more. That would have been my favorite fight. And I think it would have been too much. No, because I would have symbolism. Well, that, and, well, the thing is, is that I would have liked it if, if it was like a conversation between the two just mentally like you hear like donnie talking and then you just hear damien kind of respond when they're in this like enclosed kind of like fight that enclosed like, fight lasted you know, like 10 rounds you yeah. know what you know what uh would have been kind of cool um you ever seen <clears throat> uh was it game of shadows uh, I the don't think so. the, the, out, the uh, Sherlock Holmes game. Oh um, yes, Sherlock oh Holmes yeah, movie, yeah, yeah. With, uh, where with uh, they're mentally Deneer, where they're doing where they're the mentally dueling, fighting, yeah. And then kind of like that, where you know Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, like that. something out, mm -hmm. and then he goes, "Ah, I'm not. You're not the only one that can do that." Yeah. And then they're both having this argument. Yeah. Mentally. Mentally, yeah. Just with their eyes. It would have been cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I do like the way that works. Mm -hmm. My only thing with it is that. I do understand where it could be a little bit jarring. Also, I feel like with the fight, it was saying enough by itself. That's what I mean, is that with the inner dialogue, it would have been interesting to have it because no other movie really has done something like that, mm -hmm. so it would have been interesting. Yeah. This fight separates everything else. It's a phenomenal fight mm -hmm. sequence, right? Because if from an anime perspective, mm -hmm. oh, it's, like, so cool. it's like... Dragon Ball. This, this the well, fight is did, full Dragon Ball. So, so what I loved is that he did the classic like gut punch, cool. and you see the force in the back. He literally did the whole Trunks yeah. uh, Frieza the, thing. Yeah, yeah. The, only, the only thing you don't see is his fist shape yeah, <laughs> in exactly. the back of it, in, yeah. like in his spine. You could have just you he added have, the sweat yeah. coming and he, out, and he added like the expression of like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and it was lingered. It lingered in it that did. shot for a bit, and I'm like, you felt it. I was like, what? Like, oh man, that was that one. But the fight, I, the the fight sequence where, or the the part of the the fight sequence where everything gets shut out around them and the stadium is empty and yeah. it's just them. I love that. That was yeah. a straight up 
dude, they're moving so fast. How can you see them? Yeah. It's like, oh, you just have to. I can hear Pickle in the background go like, you just have to train your eyes to see them at this <laughs> yeah. speed. And I'm like, yeah, that's basically I what always, it is. I, I've always loved uh, like Dragon Ball Z a bridge where he, tell, where he tells Gohan that. And then Krillin just goes, you can't see him either. Can you? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Krillin's great. And he's like, oh, I can see like every other move. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. But this is, again, I go back to this aspect of this fight cannot be compared to the other two. Yeah. Because if you did, I'm going to be honest, the second fight, uh, Ivan versus uh, versus uh, Adonis. Yeah, that one is the best out of the three. That one's more I, emotionally I, driven. Yes, yeah. I feel like it's it, it, that one definitely is more emotional, and also it's the most brutal. It's the yeah. most brutal, and it also has that parallel of what what would have happened if Rocky threw the towel. Well, because that the, the other thing is, is that I feel like it's a mixture between Creed three, I mean uh, Rocky three. And Rocky and Rocky Balboa. Yeah, that's what I feel like. This is a mixture of this Whereas Creed three. Creed three. Yeah. The reason being is because Rocky about because in it it's like having Mr. T fight Rocky as this new up and comer, uh, trying to get the belt, but he has a connection to him through his past. And the reason why it's Rocky Balboa is because everybody keeps on saying that Creed won every single one of his matches. Three years too late. Uh-huh. Everybody that he fought that was a contender were all way too old. They, they, there was no way that they were ever going to fight back. His legacy is that he beat a bunch of nobodies. He beat a bunch of people that were way past their prime, and he never was challenged, which is also the same thing that happens in Rocky Balboa with their champion. So to actually have that champion, that championship belt where... We're going toe-to-toe, match for match. We're going all the way to the end with this one. And it, it really was the rematch of a... It's it's the match between Rocky and Apollo. Because they even did the same thing where they both almost knocked each other out and hit each other in the face. Mm-hmm. So it, it really did use a lot of the symbolism and the creativity of all the other movies. But putting it in to an isolated incident and having it on just where... We're all alone. There's nobody else here that matters right now. My family doesn't matter. My trainer doesn't matter. The audience doesn't matter. Even the people, even the millions of people that are watching us on pay-per-view right now, that does not matter. Mm. What matters right now is me and you, and we're settling this. And I think that Michael B. Jordan understood that from a directorial perspective because that, like, every fight sequence that was in that movie had a significant purpose to exist. Mm. Like, the fight, the first fight we see, right, that is to show that Creed has accomplished the goal that he wanted and he's now retired. May not be happy, but he's done. And this was the fight between two rivals. That was it. No, yeah, the fight between two rivals, yeah. right? Well, because he, in... he fought pretty Ricky Cotton, which is the only person he's ever lost to. Exactly. Then in the second one, you have that brutal street fight, the brutal mentality of Damien mm-hmm. as he tries to take the championship belt. And he shows that really well in a quick five-minute sequence when Brie covers his or her daughter's face as the fight gets more intense like that's how you get to see that aspect of the intensity that goes on there and the third one you have that intensity between two friends that are trying to let go of the past to basically have a new definition moving forward Mm -hmm. and you have that through isolation nothing matters like nick said nothing matters besides this moment here and now between the two people you finished the fight you started the fight three rounds in and now you're 11 rounds in going into the 12th that last round is what matters well, the, the other most. thing is that 
Damien felt that Adonis didn't deserve to be the world champion. Mm-hmm. You do not deserve it because this is my goal. That was my dream. You got lucky. You, you got lucky and fell into this. Yeah. I was the one that worked hard and I was supposed to have this life. Mm-hmm. You're not. And so he felt that he was unworthy of holding that mantle. And that also fueled his rage. Whereas at the end of the fight, Damien understands how he got there. He understands, oh my God, like you were, you, you are the world champion. Like you are way better than you're not way better than me, but you are world champion material. Yeah. And you know, and they're able to kind of squash the feud. I'm really hoping Jonathan Majors comes back for the fourth one. It's in production. So I, we'll see. I, I would love to have him join the group. It feels that way because they've just successfully brought back so many people from before yeah. as either challenges or rivals that he has to fight. Sparring partners. Sparring partners, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. To wrap it up, Creed Three does something that Rocky movies have done so well, which is teach you a good lesson. And I feel like this movie does that really well as yeah. well. It teaches you like sometimes you just have to let go of past mistakes because you were either young or naive or not. You know, at that point yet where you understand the, you know, the consequences of your actions mm-hmm. and in order for you to move on successfully, you have to let it go. Mm-hmm. And Creed three does that really well. I, st- I still want for Creed four the Olympics. I was telling him. Oh yeah, on the way home. We were discussing what would be the possibly the best stories to tell in a Creed Four movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that would be really sick if you did an Olympic Games and then Donnie has to go get his rivals. Like his the all the people that he's beaten, like you have like pretty ricky cotton you have joey john uh what was it you have wheeler then you have damien you have all these people and he's forming a team you karate kid this heck yeah, yeah, yeah. because you know why because in creed 2 he karate kidded himself all right <laughs> creed 2 drago was crease okay he's like finish him i don't want him in the match anymore that's true happened a lot i will say to, you know, final, final note. He yeah. kind of looks like Chris. Ludwig Grusan, or however you pronounce his name, the mm-hmm. composer for oh, yeah. the last three yeah. creeds. Oh, oh perfection. Oh, Chef's yeah. kiss on it. Oh yeah. my god, dude! I want that. I want the soundtracks as I work out now. It's just so great. You never worked out to a Creed soundtrack? No, I've done Shit. it to dude, the Rocky soundtrack. Dude, it's pumped. Yeah, no. it's all right. There we go. Just, just put it on a Creed on mm-hmm. Creed loop. That's amazing. That's also, it. I love the idea of we're gonna use the old soundtrack, but we're gonna update. Them. Yeah, that's all it was. Yeah. It's phenomenal yeah we got to wrap up this issue because we're we ran over unfortunately but uh thank you guys so much for uh listening to us watching us on youtube if you are don't forget that you can find us on youtube if you have not yet subscribed 145 subs we have made it guys we are 10 more than we were last year around this time around but yeah, yeah. it's great thank you guys for the subscriptions thank you guys for the support thank you guys for leaving the comments and letting us know follow us on there and subscribe leave a comment down below what were your favorite parts about creed what did you guys think of any of the comic strip announcements what do you think of mandalorian and are you going to keep watching this did you watch the book of boba fett let us know uh if you guys are on the go want to listen to us mainly not see us you guys can follow us on any audio platform you guys choose to do so. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. Follow us on our socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget to check out our website at keepingupwithnerds.com. I feel like as I keep going and saying it more, it just flows a lot more naturally. <laughs> there we go. Uh, are we ready to wrap the show up? Yes, let's, let's do, it. do it. This has been Keeping Up With The Nerds, issue number 138. My name is Brian. Nick. Renee. Signing off from Undercity Comics. We'll see you all next time.
This has been Keeping Up With The Nerds. Don't forget to follow us here and all other platforms and socials, including YouTube, for the live version of the show. Thanks, and we hope to see you all next time.